Crown Plus acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land, waters and sky and respects their enduring spiritual connection to country. We acknowledge the sorrow of the past and our hope and belief that we can move to a place of equity, partnership and justice together. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects to the cultural authority of First Peoples. Welcome to Crownercast, the remote health podcast produced by Crowner Plus. This podcast is all about telling the stories of the remote health workforce. In each episode, a nurse, midwife or health professional shares their experiences of working in rural and remote Australia. Crownercast is designed for you to listen to on the plane, in the car between clinics or during your downtime. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app so that you can tune in even when you're out of range. I'm your host Kate Ridge and in today's episode our guest is Di Thornton. Di is a registered nurse and an endorsed nurse practitioner working in rural South Australia and Victoria. She is passionate about the nurse practitioner role and how it could be used more effectively to support the healthcare sector. She shares her wealth of experience and the diversity of her current role of managing and owning a health service that supports her community. Welcome Di to Crownercast. It is a real pleasure to have you as a guest today. And as we usually do with Crownercast, I always like to start with asking our guests about themselves. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your nursing career, and then what you're doing at the moment? Thanks, Kate. It's a real pleasure to be here on Chronicast. Um, I have been nursing for nearly 50 years. Um, most of that has been done in um, r- rural and remote areas. I did a lot of my training in um, metropolitan areas. Um, my nursing training was actually initially done in Horsham in Victoria, which was a town of about mm. 18,000 at the time. Went off and did midwifery, um, which was down at the women's and uh, Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne. Then I went back to Horsham for a while, a couple of years. Then I decided I wanted to do critical care nursing, so went back to Melbourne. And then um, a few years after that, I did some teaching. Um, went to uh, then I moved to Adelaide and worked in Adelaide for a number of years before I went out rural again and I went to Mount Gambia before moving to Pinaroo in 1999. So I've been in Pinaroo um, for 24 years now, um, started there. And for our, sorry. Sorry, for our listeners, perhaps you could explain where Pinaroo is because we have listeners from all around Australia. Mm. Pinaroo is on the border uh, between South Australia and Victoria, about halfway up the border. So um, immediately to our east, you would go to Adelaide and immediately east, no, immediately to our west, you would go to Adelaide and to our east, you would go to Mildura further into Victoria. And the practice that I now own and run 
operates in both states of South Australia and Victoria. So you're just talking now about the practice that you're running. Could you tell us some more about that? I was a director of nursing, executive office director of nursing um, back in the 90s and um, became very red tape, got more bureaucratical. Um, we lost GP services um, and it was becoming very difficult. I also felt that I was no longer making a difference in that role and we were struggling. The nursing staff were struggling um, Everybody was struggling with uh, GP losses, then getting processions of locums through. And I still kept up my clinical skills in that role. Um, as, you, as most directors of nursing in small, rural, remote towns would know they do. So clinically, I was still um, had very relevant skills. And one day I was in my office and I was dealing, I can't even remember what I was dealing with, but it was something bureaucratical and I was really cross. <laughs> And one of the nurses came in, the RNs came in and said to me, quick, we've got an arrest coming in. Can you come and help us? So I went into A&E and um, we did the arrest. And at the time we had no GP. So we dialed up MedStar in Adelaide um, through the video conference at the time. They walked us through. We had fairly advanced skills at that stage anyway. We kept um, one of... My passions was keeping the nursing staff well-skilled, particularly in the absence of GPs. Um, in that case, it was lucky. We got the person back. Um, MedStar flew out, picked him up, and it took him back down to Adelaide for you know further um, management. And I remember walking out of A&E after that, you know, and it was a, probably two or three hours later, and I was standing in the corridor, and I remember having my hands on my hips thinking, now... What was I doing? And I had a smile on my face and I felt really satisfied because um, we'd just done a really good job and the whole team had done a really good job. And I realised where my headspace had been and I thought, I can't go back there. I've got to change this. And that was the moment that I decided to um, become a nurse practitioner um, and be able to mm. make go back and be able to make a difference clinically to people. And, you know, when you've got 40-odd years of skills behind you, um, there's a really um, good basis for doing something like a nurse practitioner role. So, And we were all getting tired and fed up of, um, you know, not being able to recruit GPs. And anybody in the rural and remote areas will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's happening all over the place. And that's why I think it's imperative at the moment that we look at other models of care um, to be able to service our rural and remote mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. And as a nurse practitioner in um, the centre you're running, what services do you provide to the community? Kate, it's very much like a general practice. I see whatever comes in the door on a daily mm. basis. We operate like a general practice does. Um, we have online bookings. We do recalls. Um, and so we try and do all the sorts of things that a general practice would do. And we opened in 2017. So we've been going five years now and or a bit over five years and in that time we have seen a procession of locums at the other practice there is another medical practice in Pinaroo so he's busy we're busy 
we don't have spare appointments um, on a daily basis. We, um, I might go to work like I've just had a look um, an hour ago to see what tomorrow looks like and I've only got two spare appointments tomorrow and if they're not gone on online bookings mm. overnight, um, they'll certainly get snapped up in the morning. Just to provide a bit of clarity, so you are a registered mm. nurse but you're also a nurse mm. practitioner and then we have our general practitioners mm. and the locums that are coming into your community. What's the difference between the roles and, and sort of where do they cross over or what's different about them? Um, I guess from my point of view, they are. I think the nurse practitioner role is quite different and yet similar. Um, our appointments mm. are 20 minutes minimum um, that we normally see patients in, so it's not the 15 minutes that a GP does. Um, and, you know, sometimes in some practices they um, take that down even further to, you know, 10-minute appointments. So I tend to have more time with people um, and I'll sit and, you know, go through whatever it is that, that they want to talk about um, and I don't just say, no, 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 you've, you know, you've done your one thing for, the, for this appointment, that's all I can do. Um, nurse practitioners are highly trained. We've got master's degree, um, minimum of three years postgraduate experience, but I think you would find most nurse practitioners have way more than three years postgrad experience by the time they decide to take it up, take mm -hmm. up the role. Um, you also have to have a minimum of 5,000 clinical hours at advanced practice before you can even be endorsed. So you go to uni and you, you do your master's and, and you pass, but that doesn't guarantee that you will become a nurse practitioner and endorse nurse practitioner who can actually work and get a okay. provider number. You have to provide um, evidence to APRA that you meet the clinical criteria, um, which are the 5,000 clinical hours that you've got behind you at advanced okay. practice. Um, we do, uh, we're able to prescribe, we're able to order blood tests, we're able to order x-rays, we're able to order ultrasounds. Um, we're able to interpret the data that comes back from those tests and able to treat people accordingly. Um, most of us in rural and remote areas are very good at managing chronic conditions because there are lots of chronic conditions in rural and remote areas. So as well as your normal flus, cuts, um, anything else that walks through the door, um, you know, chronic conditions play a very big part in the management of, of our patients in the area. Um, last week, for instance, um, there was a, a lady that came in. Um, she had very bad abdo pain and I assessed her and I said, look, I think you've, you're gall you've got cholecystitis, your gallbladder is quite inflamed. And I said, and I think it may even be infected. Um, I failed to say before or haven't said yet, I also employ a GP one day a week and he comes down on a Tuesday. And I contacted him and said um, she needs a CT abdo to find out what's going on, but this is what I think. Um, so he was able to authorise that for me because CTs are not something nurse practitioners can do. And I am very lucky with mm -hmm. the relationship I have with my visiting GP. He He's brilliant. I've worked with him on and off for over 20 years, so he knows, he knows my skill set. Um, mm. And we sent her up to Berry, and sure enough, um, they agreed with the um, provisional diagnosis, um, but um, her gallbladder was too inflamed. They did further tests, 
found the gallbladder was too infected to operate straight away. So they sent her home on antibiotics and pain relief for um, two weeks and they've scheduled her for surgery in two weeks' time. I think that really leads us on very nicely to an area I know you're passionate about, and that's how nurse practitioners can fill gaps in our current healthcare system. So perhaps you could talk a little bit about your passion there and and how nurse practitioners could be better utilised within the Australian healthcare system. Kate, how long have you got? I know, it's a big topic. It's a huge topic and it's particularly one that I'm very passionate about um, because of where I work and where I live and knowing that the difficulties that, you know, areas like our own have such huge difficulties recruiting general practitioners. And I think it's time the Australian health system really looked outside, you know, the box to how things can be done differently while still meeting the needs um, of the communities in rural and remote areas. And we know what the statistics are like for our communities. They're much lower than what they are for um, the health outcomes are lower in rural and remote areas because of the lack of access and and timely management, um, timely access to appointments and things like that and specialist care. So um, I just, I'm so passionate that we are part of the solution. We're not the answer to it. We need GPs. Look, I wouldn't be where I am and and our, um, the streamlining of our practice wouldn't have been so smooth without having Peter on board to be able to handball um, things to and um, refer to him when things are beyond my scope of practice. We don't want to be mavericks. We don't want to be separate from the system as it currently stands. And we certainly don't want to be um, at arm's length from GPs. They're our colleagues. The same as, you know, Mm. we have a physio and a podiatrist that work um, with us and the GP. we also have mental health nurse, um, healthcare workers, mental health care workers coming in. We have a diabetes educator coming in. We have another GP coming in um, once every three months who specialises in skin cancer screening. Um, they're all colleagues. I view them as colleagues and we need one another to make the system work and for it to work for our clients because mm. at the end of the day, we're not there for me or the GP or the physio, that we're there for the clients. So what would you say to registered nurses who are considering or hadn't yet considered becoming a nurse practitioner? Um, what type of advice would you give them or what encouragement would would you send their way? Um, because you can see that it's a way of filling mm. some of the gaps and coordinating care in another way. Um, and obviously we don't have enough of nurse practitioners we don't have enough GPs especially in rural or remote so what would you what would you say to people considering this as a career option into the future? Considering that we're talking rural and remote I think probably the most important thing for anybody considering a career um, as a rural and remote nurse practitioner is to consolidate your experience don't be thinking about getting out of uni just doing three years in the bush and then going for it because 
the the breadth and depth of what you see out here is anything and everything so you really need to have a good solid base to start working from and even though I had been nursing for a very long time before I went back and did my master's and loved doing it and as I was doing it I thought yes should have done this 10 years ago 20 years ago even um, before we were really recognized my biggest learning curve was when I stepped in to um, do a pilot project for what was the local health network at the time in the GP practice and my learning curve was straight up I thought I knew so much and having had the you know the the 40 odd years of experience behind me you would think it would have been you know a bit like falling off a horse well no it wasn't it was straight up and it's all those things that you've never done before like you've never written a prescription you know you learn how to do it but you've never actually done it you've never ordered a test which test do I order for this particular um, set of symptoms you know to help me with the diagnosis um, getting a, an authority prescription the first time I rang up for an authority prescription I thought the person on the other end of the phone is going to think I'm quite balmy um, because I you know she's asking me what and I said look you're going to have to walk me through this I haven't asked for an authority prescription before um, so and there are some drugs that you need to ring up for so and luckily I got um, somebody on the other end of the phone who was very happy to walk me through the process um, and you know you learn from there but it is it's a huge steep learning curve when you first come out so um, the other thing that I would also say is um, find a really really good mentor uh, mentor along your track so find someone who is doing it mm -hmm. and who can help you along the way um, I didn't have anybody in my area so it was pretty much go it alone but I did use Peter, my GP, as a very strong resource for me. Um, I think it's better for nurse practitioners mm -hmm. since then and having learnt what I've learned, um, I've now mentored a number of other nurse practitioners, um, from some from Mildura and another one from Loxton um, since then. And even though they still um, have GPs on their, their support panel while they're going through, um, the value of having another nurse practitioner who knows exactly what it is that, that, that you have to do is imperative because they're the only mm -hmm. ones who can really help you fill those um, gaps in your knowledge when you get going. So I've had people down working alongside mm -hmm. me and it's been great and I've been really thankful that I've had the opportunity to do that. Well, thanks so much, Di. That's some, I think, valuable advice and some options for people if they're considering a nurse mm -hmm. practitioner role, especially rural and remote. And thank you for sharing your experience and what you're doing at the moment with the listeners. I'm sure they'll be greatly appreciative and I wish you all the success. Thanks very much, Kate. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cranacast and we look forward to sharing more stories from the remote area health workers. We'd like to remind all listeners that the Bush support line is available 24-7. It provides confidential support to rural and remote health workers and their families. You can reach out at any time by calling 1800 805 391. 
If you're enjoying Chronicast and don't want to miss an episode, you can always subscribe via your favourite podcast platform. Take care and stay tuned for the next episode of Chronicast.